The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. I am one of your uh, four hosts, Greg Knowlton, and today we have a pretty awesome show. We are joined by uh, two very good friends of ours over at Pandemony Toys. So this, uh, there's a lot of us in in this Zoom chat, and it's exciting. Um, but why don't uh, our guests introduce themselves first? Because everyone already knows who the other three are. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, who cares about you guys? I'm <laughs> Pandemony Toy Brands. We don't matter. And I'm Chris Anderson, also from Pandemony Toy Brands. <laughs> I think I was talking over you. That was, that was Kurt, TV's Curtis Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, we, we wanted to, I mean, publicly, we, we've kind of, we thanked you already before this, but, you know, I mean, thank you from all of us for kind of taking a chance and, 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 and helping support us. And we hope that, you know, we can, we can be as good to you as you've been to, to us. You sent us, you know, your wonderful action figures. And uh, we're we're very we're very very grateful for for this relationship right here. So thank the, you. the feelings mutual. We uh, we're we're glad you're you know given an India toy company that came out of nowhere a chance to be on your show. No, this is uh, this is pretty cool. I mean, Greg Greg did all Greg did all the hard work. We just got to play with the toys. Uh, <laughs> I salivated when those suckers came in. I mean, I was <laughs> especially, especially uh, a sham. I mean, I saw that chameleon and those eyes rotate. Boy, that's an awesome toy. That's sweet. Thank you. I think we all, all liked a different one when we played with them. Each one of us was like, I think I like this one more than the other. So that was kind of cool that um, each toy kind of like played to each of us a little, little differently, each of our likes. That's so we great. were. That's great to I mean, that's that that's kind of the perfect world scenario for stuff like this too, because you know it it's the worst when you get a toy line and everybody is like Wolverine, and then there's yeah. six <laughs> other things that nobody cares about. But um, but yeah, no, it's it's been neat to see when people get attracted to like Sabotage or to El Ray or to Quillroy or just the number of people that have competitions about trying to get Dart to do backflips. Like it's. It's, oh, we tried. We nice took a to long time. Friend. It took us a long time. We need to try again. We still need to try again. <laughs> Did you watch the video? We have a video on YouTube to help. I'm a hands-on oh, yeah. guy, so hey, I saw that video. You didn't even have to go that far. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> I was gonna say you don't even have to go that far. There's a there's literally a piece of paper with the package that that shows you how. But anyway, oh, we were so I feel like boy, we couldn't read instructions. We're mad. <laughs> That? <laughs> Honestly, who reads instructions? Are, I literally choked. can't read. So. Were there choking hazards? Because <laughs> I missed that too. Uh, well, I'm glad you asked. Over three, you're fine. He, yeah. he actually ate Quillroy's like energy drink packet. That's gone. <laughs> well, well, I was we'll feeling a little sluggish. Yeah. Energy? Yeah. yeah. So we have uh, our two friends. Um, We've been kind of jamming about the toys already, but you guys have an awesome toy line. Um, we, we've kind of gotten to mess around with the six figures from wave one. Um, wh where did that all start for you guys? Like, I, we've talked a ton about anthropomorphic. I can't say the word. Will, Will's the guy for that big word for me. Anthropomorphic. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you got to slow it down. <laughs> Good job. 
Yeah. I'm on vacation, all right? Uh, but we talked a ton about those type of toys and how, like, especially I feel like 90s kids and, like, early 2000s, that is our jam. That was some of our favorite stuff. Ninja Turtles is the obvious one. Um, where did that come from for you guys? We had tons of ideas for toys, and we just we ran them by kids. They kept coming back to that. I think it's just timeless. Even, like, I mean, you really want to go back far. It's like that's Egyptian and... Uh, you know greek yeah. gods are like part animal part human yeah. um so i mean it's a timeless idea and um i think what what drew kids to it and what we really put in this brand was they liked the idea that animals had powers that humans don't so we really pushed that hard and all of the play features on alternation they are anthropomorphic characters but they're real animal abilities so the chameleon yeah he has the he has the 360 eye movement and he has uh like a sticky tongue that can catch stuff but he also changes color because that's what we all think of when when you think of a chameleon um so yeah there's that there's a character that has porcupine dna so he shoots his quills out things like that 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 was really what we wanted to hit on and aside from that um as i was saying at the top we had a we had a bunch of different concepts and alternation was the favorite as far as not just the anthropomorphic aspect but the kind of ooh, this is a secret experiment and and mm. secret military, uh, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Adventure? Intrigue, adventure, mystery. These are, you know, these are the things that make alternation yeah. great. Yeah. It's kind of like X-Files and G.I. Joe and Ninja Turtles all rolled into one. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys what your influences behind it was. Because when I was reading, we read the book that you guys sent us, uh, and again, thank you for that. But I was getting... You know, I grew up a big X-Men fan. I got some X-Men type vibes from it. You know, they're yeah. kind of being trained. They, they were almost in like a danger room type uh, environment when the book kicks off. Uh, you know, aside, were there any other like was X-Men? Did X-Men play a, 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 a bit of inspiration when you guys develop these characters? Or, or anything absolutely. Else? Yeah. The, yeah, absolutely. Um, X-Men played a part in both. We kind of wanted to pull that kind of kid safe political kind of aspect to it as well and then also what you talked about um with with yeah they, they are being trained they're they're a bit young and um they're learning how to use their their abilities in combat um we also pulled a lot tone wise from like we wanted it to be sort of kid safe serious or not kid safe but you know a kid level of seriousness so we pulled a like i was inspired a lot by uh batman beyond the 90s oh, show true. and and uh men in black things like that um Curtis, you could probably speak to it more because he's actually our VP of content. <laughs> uh, and, he, he, and in fact, I'm going to tout you up so you don't have to say it yourself. Uh, you, wrote, you wrote these comics that they're referring to. Uh, the oh, ones yeah. that are packed with the stuff in the point of sale book. Yeah. And, That's awesome. Uh, and uh, uh, I mean, everything Ryan said is essentially it, you know, when it comes right down to it. But, you know, the, yeah, here's the thing. Like, we, thunder. we needed a shorthand for collectors to understand that this new brand wasn't so foreign to them that it would be something they would be okay with, right? So yeah. things to be able to reach out to, understanding the outsiderness of being something like the X-Men, um, having some kind of mystery story to be able to connect to like the X-Files, having some kind of anthropomorphic animal like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like all of those things are great for collectors, but for kids, they don't have the same frame of reference that we do mm -hmm. for these things. So a lot of what we're introducing to them is new and especially in this kind of package. So, sure. um, so you know, 
in the ideal situation, dad goes, oh man, this reminds me of X-Men or this reminds me of mm -hmm. Ninja Turtles. You should check this out. And then the kid is like, alternation is now the original imprint yeah. of what they have for that understanding for, right. that, for that role and for, for that like message that they're gonna get. For sure. That's a great, a great point. So, so many things like X-Men, like, you know, I'm an Iron Man fan. I have been since 83, but the amount of baggage that goes along with trying to get a kid to understand Iron Man, if it's not the cinematic universe, I would be terrified if I was a kid trying to understand an Iron Man comic right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's not even alive. He's like a hologram. He lives in the suit. Oh, Who is that? Yeah. You know in what I mean? Like there's age, so yeah. much going on. Yeah. But, but if what we can do is we can eliminate the baggage with the same messaging, I mean, that's yeah. the dream right there, you know? Yeah, yeah. good point. We, we also, I mean, some of the stuff we touched on, kids probably haven't seen at all, like X-Files. Okay. Like, that's intended for uh, an older audience, and it was, you know, 20 years ago, so. Yeah. One of the things that drew me to this, because I, I think when you guys first released everything, so, like, um, it was still, oh my gosh, I can't, I, I, the original names were still on some of the characters <laughs> oh, right, uh, yeah. <laughs> before Quilroy um, and Albert IV and all that is kind of, I saw the original names. So the first things I was thinking were like street sharks, SWAT cats, uh, those kind of things. And I work with high schoolers and I could mention those things. They'll have no idea what I'm talking right. about. Totally. It's completely lost on that generation. So, and that was the first thing that drew me to this, but if without the knowledge of that, they are, they're really awesome figures. And I feel like that's a timeless style design um, that kids just easily grasp onto. So uh, yeah, that makes a ton I of mean, sense. For, for sure. They're colorful. They're, they're original, obviously original designs that you guys created. So, I mean, you look back at the growth of, of, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and, and all that, it was, it was different. You know, everybody, everybody gravitates for Marvel and DC and, and I, and, and you guys took on a huge challenge. It is tough to kind of out, you know, to, to separate yourself from Marvel and DC with the movies and everything. They're, they're number one in everybody's eyes, but I see what you guys have come up with. And uh, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously grabbing some attention. I, I, I see, I pop up and I see ads and stuff. People are talking about it. And I mean, that's, that's a good, good thing. The, the, the pat, like I said, the packaging, the, uh, I love the idea of the pack in mini comic book that ties into the main yeah. book. Like that was, I've never seen anything like that before. I'm sure it's happened, it's but I've, I've never seen that before in my personal experience. I, I just like, these guys, these guys got it figured out. You know, as far as like marketing and whatnot, it's, it's, uh, it's very, very well done. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank it's you good very much. I mean, we're, we're standing on the shoulders of giants. You know, we, we definitely took our notes and, and tried to refine ideas that we grew up with. So like mini comics for us, those came with He-Man, which were mm -hmm. essentially mini storybooks. Mm -hmm. uh, those came with masks. Those came with the superpowers series back in the eighties when we were collecting these things. Um, the difference that we tried to make was to make sure that that we're also telling a cohesive story because one of the things that used to bother us when we were kids was that you'd have the cartoon story, but then you went over to the comic book and the Transformers were very different in the Marvel continuity <laughs> yeah. than yes. they were in the television continuity, which was very different than what was going on, like. Even the movie felt like it wasn't even really connected. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. you know, like we're 30 years in the future and everybody's losing. So one of the things that's been really important for us is to make sure that even if they aren't all directly related one after the other, that the continuity between what we generate for the toys follows through 
with our relationship with Dark Horse and the graphic novel that's coming out later this month and um, and in the television work that is in negotiation, like awesome. making sure that all of this story doesn't all of a sudden get retconned into, I was so into Conan He-Man. The idea of Barbarian He-Man from those original mini comics. I love that so much. And then when the cartoons came out, no, don't get me wrong. I was still a huge He-Man cartoon fan, but where the hell did Prince Adam come from? They changed so much. <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah. Out of but nowhere. We got a Prince Adam. <laughs> and, and I think the, the other... The other important thing that Matt touched on that, that I really wanted to point out that I'm just glad people saw the ads, man. I mean, that's how, <laughs> that's how I found you guys in the first place though, for real was just, I just scrolling around on the internet and it popped up. And then I remember once we started this podcast, I remember going, you know what? Hey, like this might be a, a good way to reach out. And this is a really cool product that all of us kind of believe in. Um, so that was cool. Uh, uh, in all seriousness, that is really good to hear. Uh, you know, it's tough to get the, the word out when you're when oh, you're sure. not, you know, when you're a small company. So especially toy companies. Numbers. Toy yeah. stores are becoming a thing of the past. There's not, you know, we we and we started to talk about this. So it you don't have a Toys R Us, a KB Toys, a, and all these other things. It's Target, Walmart, um, Amazon. Those are your your distributors and. and we started to talk about Star Wars a little bit and the trouble you run into with these other companies being the distributors and not maybe necessarily a toy company. The, the same, Will will hark on it all day that there's not the same care. It's just, S is another product we sell just like the clothes in the front of the store or the groceries in the back. It, it's not a specific, it does, there's not the same love for that or passion that you would have in a toy store. You guys remember when Toys R Us first collapsed and all of a sudden, <sighs> You had uh, you had Target and other other stores being like, we're going to revamp. We're going to add more space. Yeah. We're going to add more aisles. We're going to pay special care and attention. Still waiting. And uh, <laughs> I don't I don't phonies. know exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big phonies. Like it's yeah. it's. Uh, I don't want to get down on them because I want them to carry as much product for as sure. we have ever for the future. But like, you're hitting the hitting the nail on the head. That it's not. It's, it's a space for a variety of products. It is mm -hmm. not a space that is necessarily child-friendly or inviting. It's yeah. just another aisle. Plus, I mean, yeah. they're not making the percentage of profit on toys that they do a loaf of bread. So that loaf of bread yeah, is yep. priority. That's right. got to get out there before it goes bad. The toys aren't going to go bad. They're going to stay fresh forever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't tell you how many times over the... I mean, obviously, this year has been very different, but yeah, uh, even when it's not, the, the, there's there's less priority on, on those those certain toy aisles, and uh, they're, they're not as well-stocked. You, know, you can't find what you're looking for. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. It makes it yeah. a challenge for kids. It really does. And I hate shopping for toys online. Like, uh, just to be honest, like, I prefer to go into a store and hope they have what I'm looking for. I would rather have to dig through a bunch of figures and find that specific one I want than um, look online and go, oh, it's out of stock. Like, I, I like that the hunt was always a big part of it. Yeah. I know guys who, like, with wrestling figures to this day still go from store to store they can find and will get excited and text each other, be like, I know you're looking for this. I'm going to grab it. And I, that, that's kind of the thing that's gotten me back into toys a lot as I've gotten older is that, that searching, that, that scavenger hunt part of it. Yeah. Dude, Ryan just did that for me. <laughs> just did that for me. That's because awesome. 
you know the wall uh, the walgreens oh. exclusive silver centurion That's so awesome. like i said iron man fan since 83 and i live in portland oregon where apparently walgreens will not restock its toy shelf uh for at least three years from the point of release oh yeah it still has ant-man <laughs> figures on the shelf our, our walgreens still those. has finn the very first black series <laughs> still on the oh, shelves yeah <laughs> So yeah, so Ryan goes down to Tennessee and he's like, it's this one? And I was like, it is. And he was yeah. like, I got you, I got you, Holmes. <laughs> the the one thing I did want to say about these characters that you guys have created, the best thing is like when I initially saw them, yeah, they're cool, but I wanted to know more about them. And then the mm -hmm. fact that you guys have included the mini comic, it's just more enticing to pick up these figures because my interest has been piqued. And then I get a little story that gives me a little background on these characters. So, I mean, that's been great. And then the other thing I got to know is which one of you two is a Styx fan in the regards of Kilroy or Quillroy? Ah, sorry. Quillroy. <laughs> nice. I guess technically I'm the Styx fan, but the name came from Ryan. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, because uh, uh, we were actually looking at art. And one of the things that Quillroy has on his packaging is the old World War II Kilroy was here, which is basically a dude with a nose over a wall looking. And uh, we changed it so it's more, you know, Quilroy-esque. Yeah, it fit with the military theme. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Because I, yeah. I was trying to remember, his original name had like the word Spike in it or something, right? I, Eddie Thickskin. Eddie Thickskin, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. We got, we did some initial Facebook uh, advertising, you know, to get kind of feedback and gauge, uh, you know, where our demographics were. And you know, got some immature people out there that, that like yeah. to, to come up with uh, alternate names for Eddie Thickskin. For sure. <laughs> the, they'll be, they, they they mean, hey, boys will be boys, all right? Yeah. <laughs> they were, There's one of them. I, I was laughing, okay? If oh, yeah. you were one of those people that made up those names, you did you did make us laugh, but you did make us have to change a bunch of uh, branding yeah. stuff. No, sorry about that. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> It was you. Huh? <laughs> Do y'all have a favorite YouTube between like the few that you've the characters you have together? Even just out of wave one, um, you have a favorite character. Yeah, that like you who would win played? in a fight between all of them? <laughs> oh, see, these are two very different questions. You can oh, answer okay, both. Okay. Very different questions. <laughs> so, if we're talking about personal favorites, I'm extraordinarily biased. Um, uh, I helped develop Sabotage from the ground up, oh, so cool. Sabotage is one of my favorites. And then I do the voice of Albert Seven in the webisodes and videos. Yeah. So Albert Seven's a big one for me. Awesome. That's awesome. Ryan? Well, oh, favorite would probably be, it's between Sham and Albert Seven for me right now. They just, okay. they're, they're, they're colorful. They got a lot of personality in their character design. Cool. Um, but for who would win in a fight, we've, I, we we gave them all different strengths. And, and, and that's kind of what you want when you're building a team. So like Elray's the leader. He's got those sort of... Uh, that kind of wisdom and guidance that, that the team needs. But as far as brute strength, we're pretty sure it's Quilroy. Yeah. I think you know, Bomber yeah. would give him a run for his money. So, well, yeah, Bomber, oh, yes. Yeah. If we want to get into that, then Alpha is kicking everybody's butt around oh, the yeah. block yeah. a couple yeah. times. Yeah. Like are the we, only thing we... keeping Alpha from like beating everyone is his own sense of, of uh, I don't want to say honor, but like he's got his own thing that he's trying to do so it's more valuable to him to have gk delta out running around than it is to just stop them completely 
and Ryan's like, don't talk about wave two. Don't talk about phase two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I, know, I was just excited saying, for wave two to hit. Those two figures, Bomber and Alpha, they look awesome. Well, if you'd like to see wave two hit sooner, buy lots of toys. Yeah. <laughs> Tell all your friends. <laughs> <laughs> buy them all. We Big shall spread the word like wildfire. Hit, uh, Please. Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. Uh, yeah. COVID definitely impacted like production schedules and expected uh, a lot of expected things. And so, yeah. you know, it, it, yeah, we just need to keep things moving and shaking. Well, yeah. and you guys have this marketing tool in the Dark Horse comic coming out, which I want to talk about because you have a killer team on it, in, in my opinion. Uh, we actually, I discovered Battle Pug a few months back and discovered on the show and Mike Norton's your artist who did Battle Pug as well. Uh, and then Tim Seeley, who has yeah. done Grayson. Uh, Michael will like this a lot. He did Revival. He's done oh, yeah, a bunch man. of the G.I. Joe crossovers. Um, yep. he, I believe he works on Hack and Slash right now Should as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so and Nightwing, Batman Eternal, there's a whole run of it. But that's a he's got a pretty cool, uh, like, greatest hits album if you will he's got solid superhero credentials but then he also helped co-write the new he-man book okay it's coming out from dark horse so he's a fanboy too in in this world and he got what we were doing yeah um when the dark horse team mentioned that they were gonna that was gonna be the team i am not gonna lie i i i fanboyed out like like crazy right to tell you embarrassing stories yeah it's I mean, he's G.I. Joe and Transformers are all over his list, too, which kind of puts him right in your wheelhouse, which is awesome. Like, that's a huge thing. But then something like Revival, which is totally different, just shows that he's got solid writing chops, too, which just is great for your team. Yeah, their their editor came to us and we're like, well, do you guys have a favorite person? And I'm personally, I'm like, I, you know, I don't want to tell them like their business, you know, yeah. their dark horse. Like, what do I know? Um but they're like, we think we got somebody good for you. And yeah, it was exactly that reason. It was like he had that really, um, he worked on a lot of titles that started out as toys, like yeah. Masters of the Universe and, and G.I. Joe and things. That's, yeah. that's super cool. And when we first met with him at uh, Comic-Con 2018, um, first of all, it was, it was 2018, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. The whole it year feels like so long ago. But <laughs> yeah, yeah it was 2000. Yeah, anyway, the point is, when we first met with him, first of all, it was real easy just to hang out. Awesome. Like, the initial meeting was more like buddies seeing each other again after a while. And then he started pitching, like, his initial ideas for the 12-page initial story, Whining Winnie, which, which was released earlier, and, uh, and some of the ideas that he wanted to follow up with that, that eventually got, got into the graphic novel. And, um, and just hearing him riff was like, yeah, man, you get it. That's awesome. You get it. And then, you know, Mike Norton is so good at doing both cartoony style stuff. And then also he draws a heck of a superhero, you know, yeah. like his Green Lantern work is is really amazing. His Justice League work is really amazing. He did a bunch on the, the all new Adam as well. Yeah. 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 Super awesome. And again, he, I think he also had a hand in revival um, so they've worked together before. Well, buddies, and they have the studio in Chicago, and they work together a lot. And and Chris Crank, who is 
is the letterer for for the book oh, yeah. also worked on bath basically it's the battle pug team and it's this the same awesome. guys who all work in the same chicago studio together so they really have a shorthand with each other they really understand each other um and so it 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 helps you know make that production go that much quicker and I, we talk a lot on this show about if someone's gonna take charge of a of a title of a of an IP, it's really important for them to be passionate about it. And that sounds like that's what you've gotten. It it we've seen it fail so many times where someone's like, hey, we we use um, Anderson's Resident Evil as our example all the time because it was just, hey, we're just gonna slap this name on it and put it out there and not actually care about it. Yeah, Matt will Matt will go nuts about it because so it's just so true. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, we wanted to defer a lot to the, the people that know better than us, if that makes sense. Not to say, like, we, yeah. we are passionate about it and all that, but, um, and all that, like, whatever. <laughs> uh, sorry. But, um, like, I had read something about uh, maybe a while back. I think it was the Turtle Power documentary. It was just about, like, the entire brand Ninja Turtles. And part of their success was just kind of stepping out of the way. It's like, okay, we've got a great screenwriter. You write the pilot. And... Yeah, he thought about it more than the people that were investing millions of dollars on it. So it's kind of that attitude that you don't want to like micromanage too much. For me, it was. Um, I, I cool. just want to kind of like let artists be free to to kind of explore ideas and and not not strap them down with too much baggage, especially on a new brand. Like it that, wouldn't make sense to like give them the same treatment as like Star Trek, where yeah, you've got I to mean, make sure that every single detail is accounted for. You know? And that's awesome. I think. Oh, but uh, Will can talk a lot about like Eastman and Laird with TMNT and how he actually shaped them, uh, how they shaped them with their take on it as well, but kept true to what the, you know, the yeah, like, mission uh, state. Yeah, like Eastman and Laird, like I, I read the, uh, I've read so much because I'm a huge TMNT fan. And uh, I mean, their friendship went through a lot of rocky patches. And I feel like when they realized that they needed to take a step back and trust in the people that they've hired to expand the brand of the Ninja Turtles that help them um, deal with everything and 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 mend their broken friendship back together again. And and the, just with the uh, the last Ronin coming out, uh, what last week, two weeks ago, yeah. and the success yeah. that that's seen and how great that is, and to see them working together again on a on a vision and idea that they had way back in the late '80s, early '90s. I mean, it speaks volumes that. Their, their brand is still around and I dare say stronger now than it's ever been, which is crazy. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's pretty amazing. The longevity there. I mean, and, they're, and, uh, they're, yeah. their toys are flying off the shelves. We're having a hard time getting the, the NECA, not only the movie turtles, but the cartoon <laughs> turtles. I mean, it's, it's, uh, isn't it wild that it's, it's the, it's the ones that are bringing back, the stuff from the 90s and the 90s movie that's really moving and they're having a problem selling the newer versions well, of the uh, turtles the 2012 cartoon is my favorite iteration of the turtles i love that iteration but i feel like this latest one that came out the rise of the ninja turtles I think they just, mm -hmm. they differentiated from the norm so much. They gave them mythical powers. Raphael was the leader. What? Um, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I I tried to give it a chance and I just couldn't. They, they There was like, the Shredder was in it, but he really wasn't the main, main bad. They just tried to reinvent the wheel too much where I feel like if you guys have watched the 2012 cartoon, uh, they just paid homage to all 
uh, TMNT lore, whether that yeah. be the movies, the comics, um, mm-hmm. the cartoons, yep. they really did justice to like the entire lore of Ninja Turtles. And on top of that, they also did some killer like Easter egg um, cult movie classic episodes. Like, Absolutely there's a, there's ridiculous a, how they, they there's added a, that there's stuff a Texas there. Chainsaw episode. There's a Thing episode. There's a Aliens Jason episode. Voorhees is in yeah, one. it's crazy. It's so oh, yeah. it was the, the that one. I, I that's my favorite cartoon, and I think that one did very well. Uh, it's just the the uh, latest version. Very well. Part of the reason that one did so well was because Nickelodeon had didn't have as much faith in that version, so they had a lot of freedom. That's true. That's so true. A lot of freedom. And that's what happens when, when you get solid creatives with a solid vision, mm-hmm. having the permission to be able to do something. You know, yeah, I had a very like we were saying. Feeling to yeah. You know, what was that, 2006, 2000, something like that? I did, yeah, the Masters of the Universe one. Yeah. Let, yeah, let, yeah. let the creators create. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah. That, that was a great turtle, by the way. I wanted to just agree with everything you said and the fact that we <laughs> got to see some like characters that were never in the 80s series that were toys, but like, who the heck yeah. are these guys? You know? Oh, when they brought Worm in, I was losing yeah. my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, I was tickled with, I was just laughing watching the show, just so happy. And I'm sitting there yeah. as a 32 year old man, just tickled pink that Worm is on my television screen. It was so great. <laughs> When did that show end? Uh, 2000 and it had a five season run, but they were kind of spaced out. So I want to say it ended in either 17 or 18. Okay. And the ending was like a huge Mad Max homage. It was awesome. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. You know what? I I thought that it kept going on after that. But I, but yeah, you're talking about like Mad Max. He had like Raphael with a beard and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 the, the problem was they aired the, the episodes out of sequential order. So, um, like that didn't air last technically, but that's supposed to be the season finale, the, the series finale. That was supposed to be it. But then they they did one where, like, I think the technical like last episode that was aired was when like the '80s turtles come into the universe again. They did two crossovers, and then Bebop and Rocksteady from the 2012 version suit up like the Bebop and Rocksteady from the 1984 version. And they become heroes at the end. And that was like the last episode that aired. But it was cool because like Shredder and Krang came over and they interacted with Shredder and Krang from this. It was, I mean, they did fan service upon fan service upon fan service in that show. And it was fantastic. Yeah, that's great. Good job, Will. (laughs) Well, Will, we said when it was me and Matt, it was a comic book podcast. Then we brought Mike on and this became a Star Wars podcast. And then we, well, with a touch of Evil Dead. And, and with the touch <laughs> of Evil Dead. And then uh, we brought Will on and it became a Ninja Turtles podcast. So we're all over the board uh, with our likes. Matt's big Marvel, I'm big DC. I actually just read whatever looks the weirdest on the shelves, which is how I found Battle Pug and things like that. Uh, so it's been a ton of fun. With that said, what's the... One more thing, you know, we want to um, let you guys go and we love having you on. One of the big questions I have is, do you have a favorite like toy line that kind of inspired you to do this? Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like, I, I just would go through everything that I was ever into always like plays inspiration. And I even like look at other products that aren't yeah. toys and say like, oh, there's some technology or whatever, some Cool. something there we can use as a toy but i'm always trying to like look for 
I'm always looking for like that new and unique kind of thing that that could still be fun. And then as far as stories go, it's yeah, it's all over the place. Like I'm always pushing time travel stories and the kids kids hate them. So, <laughs> like we I I pitched like 20 different time travel stories to our like focus groups and things and the kids are like, eh, more more anthropomorphic characters." Um Which is awesome. but yeah, so it's always it's like stuff like like I mentioned Batman Beyond that yeah. plays a part in what we're doing here because like it's future technology and but it's not so far in the future that it's like bizarre and um and then in just like man going back to mask i think you mentioned curtis that was something we we always That's think cool. about yeah yeah ninja turtles course yeah you know when i think back to uh when i was a kid there were like the big four there was he-man gi joe uh uh Star Wars and and Mask. Those were like those were my biggest four that, that I played with. And yeah. Wow, yeah. man. I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah, mask is my jam dude. as a kid. Yeah. Totally. I had a lot of mask action figures. Uh when I got divorced back in 2006, I tell you what, that paid uh that paid a couple car payments uh Ooh. selling those toys. Wow. Um, he doesn't know this yet, but I, I was the guy the who car. bid on his. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan ended up being the guy who bought them all, but um... uh, kudos to you, man! You swept in when the getting was good. <laughs> I, I, I put up the best or best offer. I was that guy, like just. <laughs> just it's great because, like, you like can go to his house and play with your old toys, and it's no, no, no. You can look. Don't touch. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end like even all of these when it when it came down to it they were ones where i could create my own stories mm -hmm. because a lot of them didn't have a cartoon right away i mean star wars of course was star wars but but star wars opened up their universe to you yeah yeah i mean nobody knew what snaggletooth was up to you got to write that script. right <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> And so, and so I ended up being uh, really attracted to toys that let me build my own stories. And so the idea of being able to come up with something new that kids would be able to build their own stories off of, that, that was very attractive. That's um, true, yeah. We always like go back and forth about, uh, there was so many toys that just didn't even have cartoons or they started out as toys and, and became cartoons like, like He-Man did. But even like, we were talking about Battle Beasts a while back. Um, mm -hmm. Oh wow. So that was a guys... Transformers spinoff. Right, but they never yeah. had a cartoon here. No. And, but it was like hot at my school. I was probably like seven years old or something when that came out. Um, Hold yeah. guys. And every, we, were, we were playing with them, we were battling them. Hey, water beats fire, right? And um, <laughs> And then they came out with the stupid Starfire ones, and it was like, ah, Craig's got the Starfire one. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, so so those those all play into that, and yeah. and I think yeah. I was just gonna say, I think that's kind of what gave us confidence that hey, this could even though like we were getting told over and over like you can't make a toy without a movie or you know you got to have this or that and. Um, but we knew growing up as kids that that it it was pretty normal for for toys to come out and just be toys first and yeah maybe yeah, they, they yeah absolutely yeah. yeah there's not enough uh i feel like just toys that aren't attached to a big time license anymore you walk down an aisle and you know every toy that belongs to it um uh, it's been refreshing um, we just talked about McFarland releasing raw 10 recently as well and it's nice to see that night we kind of hope it, it, we, obviously we'd love to see you guys at the forefront of this 
we hope that this kind of stuff happens more. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just, it's awesome to see something else and be like, hey, I don't know what that is, but I want to find out not, oh, there's another Star Wars figure or there's another figure for this. Uh, as much as we love that stuff, it, it's always cool to hear a new story. Um, that's how I am with comic books. That's why I don't read the typical stuff is because I want to find something new. Um, so that, that's a really cool. That, that's kind of what did it for me too. And then you look at it from the perspective of like a nine-year-old or something today. And it's like, that's all they've had their whole life is like yeah. DC, Marvel, Star Wars, and maybe like some other things that there were also old brands like uh, Voltron or, or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. And so yeah, it was kind of like neat for to be able to give uh, give kids of this generation their own thing, so they're not just like piggybacking off of like this super old life. And, yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you telling me the enter entertainment industry is full of reboots and redos? <laughs> oh, you forgot sequels. <laughs> Don't get him started. <laughs> yep, 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 That's yep, not yep, true. Yep. Technically, they have sequels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all seen the second Independence Day. Um, yeah. <laughs> did? I think, I think, wow. I think, uh, you might be the only one. Actually. I might have been actually in hindsight. I might've been the only one. I, I bought the digital video disc when I found it for two ninety nine. <laughs> <with discount. laughs> uh, I mean, you guys you paid are, too much. Yeah, probably. You guys did you guys looked, see, oh, wait, wait, did you, did anybody else but me see the Bill and Ted part three? I haven't. Yet. I mean, it's almost, I, I haven't had a chance, chance yet, but I actually want to, uh, is I was almost no. rented it from my local Redbox, but I, I knew I was doing this tonight, so that's a one-day <laughs> rental. I got to make sure that I'm home for it. <laughs> oh goodness! Oh, so no, no spoilers. I'm gonna probably watch it tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> As a heads up, Bill and Ted face the music, so just, oh. just so you know that going in. Yeah, I hope the music is an actual being. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> way better. That would have been a million times better. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. That's awesome. So, when is the release date for um, the Dark Horse Comet? It's, it's this month in November. It is shipping November 25th uh, and on shelves at Barnes and Noble in your local comic book store uh, December 8th. So well, that December sounds 8th. like awesome. a Thanksgiving treat. Oh, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Forget the yeah, pumpkin I'm, pie. I'm actually really excited about this. You know, originally, if there hadn't been a COVID, lots of things would all be releasing together. Yeah. But one of the things that you get out of out of this uh, this story is a real expansion of the universe of alternation awesome. because you know in the mini comics and, and in the webisodes and stuff like that you know we keep things pretty much on the island we keep them pretty self-contained we don't want to do too much um but uh tim was like nah nah let's just awesome if they're gonna if they're gonna travel let's get them out there and so i love that really, really helps expand the universe a little bit and and uh, get things going and they're new characters, so awesome. yeah. <laughs> That's spoiler. And uh, we will be, with that said, we will be actually giving away, um, next week we're going to start all this, giving away two of the first issues of that comic. Oh, um, so we're really excited to set that. We'll set up all the rules for that uh, and let everyone know exactly how that's going to work. But we will be giving away two first issues um, just to kind of get the word out there. We're excited. I'm already going to be picking it up myself. Uh, <laughs> good, 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 good. Yes. And you know what? One other thing I forgot to mention since we were we were talking about the uh, uh, the like stuff we we took inspiration from from the eighties. We have a fan club. 
What's oh. the address for that, Curtis? Awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, they can actually get the, uh, the we need a, a uh, business reply mailer because for the kids, we have to have a, kid, a parent signature oh, to okay. keep on file for, for legal reasons. But if you go to alternation.toys, you can uh, click on sabotage there on the, uh, on the page and uh, it'll get you the link to sign up for the fan club. And oh, that's awesome. We don't, oh. just, we don't just do like, you know, you're in the fan club. You know, what happens is you get a free iron-on GK Delta patch. That's sweet. This, everybody gets that's this. That's sharp. And then they get I wish you guys can see it. From- I wish you could see it. I wish I could too, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let, let, let me let me flip ahead, my laptop around. Kind of Here Mickey we go. Mouse promotion is this? <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's, awesome. that's, that's really awesome. nice. I like that. That's very nice. And uh, and then you also get a letter from Commander Stone, letting you know that you've been added to the Agent Auxiliary. Oh, that's awesome. And every month, we actually physically mail mission packs to that's every cool. member of the fan club, and uh, it's you know, I mean. It's puzzles and games and things so like cool. that, but it's also special promotions and, and uh, early access to things and stuff like that. So we try to make it something fun so that folks can, can especially the kids, so they've got a chance to be able to engage with the characters and the things and, and all that good stuff. That reminds yeah. me when I got my That's Burger King Kids cool. Club card in the mail, and I was so happy to be part of that Burger King <laughs> Kids Club. I still got my membership card to that kids club. Do I don't you? know what it does, <laughs> but I still got it. Hey, man. I used to read books and eat free pizza at Pizza Hut. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good times. And you guys are totally picking up what we're putting down. Like, yeah. that was that is something that that uh, Ryan has always has always been very active for and and it's it's really working out like it makes them part of the story that's awesome like that's huge yeah Yeah. it's fun that's so cool well we thank you guys so much for for joining us we were so happy to have you we hope to have you back for a little wave two talk in the future to just talk about whatever the heck you want it don't have to we don't have to talk business we can just I mean, talk comics say at some point we've got to end up having like a complaint session about pre-orders and yeah. what's going on with the black series and like, <laughs> oh i i got scared there i thought fight. there was going to be an issue with your pre-orders i'm like no, no <laughs> not you guys too not you guys too come on they just want to be cool like everyone else will. i mean if we're going to play with the big Boys, I've got to delay six months. I know they're just sitting on a pile of my Ahsoka Tanos. They got a whole slew of them, (laughs) and they're just laughing at me. Laughing. You know, I didn't want to say anything, but uh, but I've got a pallet of Ahsoka Tanos. (laughs) You, you did it. (laughs) They're laughing and lying at me. That was me, Austin. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, and before. Before I forget, does everyone in the audience know about the discount? Oh, they do not. Let's we can tell them that today. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, for being loyal fans of the panel discussion podcast, you can get ten percent off your whole order at the Pandemoni Toy Store. That's right. I've actually forgotten their order code. I think it's panel discussion, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're the marketing guy. Know, right? <laughs> Is there uppercase, uh, lowercase? <laughs> No, it's all, it, it doesn't matter. It's it doesn't matter. all numerical. Um, <laughs> all right. But, See, there uh, is a redeemable the, quality uh, to listening to the show. Yeah. There, yeah. Is, there is a 10% off coupon for insert name here. 
Um, but I'm pretty sure it's panel discussion. Okay. So yeah. It's yeah, either yeah. panel it's discussion or the panel discussion will be one of the two. Right. Um, we will also tweet it, which Micah's in charge of that. <laughs> and, Surprise. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and like I can't. I, it's not opening fast enough for me to be able to say. And I was yeah. So that's super They'll ship them to you after you order them. It's crazy. It's a crazy <laughs> concept. You order them and then they ship too. them to you. Crazy. And they like again. These are these are awesome for like all ages too. Me, Matt, and Will have my only complaint, and it's not even them. a complaint. Is I can't just display them. Their play features yeah. are so great. Like, it's hard yeah. to just, they're great display pieces because well, well, he shoots quills, man. <laughs> yeah, he shoots, he shoots quills at justice. <laughs> yeah. I probably played with googly eyes for at least 10 minutes. <laughs> Micah's alter ego is Porcupine Jones, who also shoots quills of justice. So he's a big fan. <laughs> big fan. Big fan. That's he take, takes something porcupine, turn into some kind of like humanoid figure. Boom. You got yourself. You got yourself a hell of a character right there. I see a great, big, bright future for Quillroy, man. Yeah, you said your character is Porcupine Jones. Porcupine Jones and his quills of justice. Okay, and, and there's no trademark or anything on that. Run with it, boys. Make the, like we were make... saying he's letting the artists. Yeah. Do their thing. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are like, <laughs> <I> steal it. <laughs> Me, I like I I I couldn't ever even like All do you what did you was do. made a funny voice. Yeah. <laughs> a funny voice and then like a porcupine Jones only fans. That's all I got going for me. There we go. Perfect. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, we, we hope to have you back. We hope there's, again, we hope to be able to talk about more comics, more toys. Um, we can't wait to see what else you guys churn out because, like we said over and over again, we're in love with what you have. Um, so, and we're excited about Wave 2 and we're excited about whatever else might end up um, coming in the future. I know you probably don't even know or you know and you can't say. So, we're just really excited for all that for you guys. Uh, Thank you very yeah, much. Lots of big things coming. Good, good. Congratulations good to, to you both too. And yes, really, uh, it's it's a huge deal. It's uh, it's it's re it's really cool to see. Really cool to see. Thanks. Well, thank you very much for having us on. We look forward to the next one. And uh, uh, I, I'm guessing you're gonna you're gonna keep chatting about uh, about new things and stuff. Is there uh, is there any like what what's coming after the break? Is there? We're talking comic books. I can tell you right now, uh, I will be covering a, we're doing crossover month and- Crummy uh, crossover. Cr will gave me the best crossover I'm so excited for. It is Colonel Sanders meets the Green Lantern and I'm Ooh. super excited to, to dive into it. So, I'm about the, 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 Colonel, the, the Colonel Corpse after that. And there's the Colonel, there's the Colonel, Colonel Corps as well, so. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> So I'm, I'm, yeah, that's going to be one of the first things we, we hop into. Um, so it all launched off Micah's cover of Superman versus Predator, which is not good. It's horrible. So we just wanted to keep going. With it. Well, Colonel Sanders versus Green Lantern or whatever, they're teaming up. I don't know, but that sounds, you know. It's pretty great. Like There's, yeah. it's a, it actually is three times he's teamed up with the Green Lantern and the Flash and then created his own multiverse of Colonels. So that's amazing so yeah that's some interesting marketing and they did it 
It's great. <laughs> you know, but wouldn't it have been better if he just had a team of 11 herbs and spices? Like, <laughs> if there were just 11, <laughs> and, like, it was the colonel and 11 other people, and, like, and, and one of them was, like, pressure cooker. And, like, you know, maybe we... Well, you guys got like, your next toy line. Maybe you should you know partner See, <laughs> no, this isn't public. Cut them off. <laughs> I can go for another line of food fighters. I'll tell you what. Oh, oh don't even get started with food fighters, right? Oh, yeah. 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 What's that? Remember those? Remember milk and cheese? I yeah, know. and like the burger deer general instead of like yeah. instead of brigadier general. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, milk. And I've been trying to wild. find them, but like. They go for like three hundred bucks with yeah. like oh terrible cards yeah. and blistered. Yeah, yeah. Food, like I remember getting food fighters at like the discount toy store, and my dad's yeah. like, "Here you go, it's a hot dog," and he's an army man. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, this isn't Shredder. Yeah. Ah, he'll shred something. He's a hot dog. Hey, enjoy it. And it was like the discount but it's like I wish I still had all those because I had like the donut, the pizza, the hot dog, the the grilled cheese. That voice that Will That's was doing for his dad. Picture that, but like Darth Vader dying on the Death Star above oh, he's Endor. He's more of That's... a Dennis Franz type. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. No. Or more of a Dick Cheney type, too. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Dick Cheney there. there. A little Halliburton in him. <laughs> You're going running over oh, my yeah, trash cans yeah. now. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you guys for joining us. It was a real pleasure, guys. Oh, thank you pleasure. very much, right. guys. It was a pleasure to yes, get to get you. to talk to you guys and, and get yep. the formal introduction. Thank you for uh, a great content of figures and, and yeah. stories. And uh, I can't wait to see where these characters go. I really, I really look forward to it. Yeah, guys, keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank we you will. very much. We'll talk to you all soon. Yes, sir. You awesome. It. See you guys. Peace. See you guys soon. Take care, guys. All right. Did we mention? Yeah, I mentioned Rebecca last week. No, I, I I I thought about it when it happened. Oh, that was the first thing that went through my head. I'm just like, oh my god, did is this our fault, Rebecca? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's our fault. Connery and Tracy Smothers—they're both dead. I did we cause Trebek to die? Let's not mention any other. We didn't mention Trebek. We, we did like, not mention celebrity Jeopardy. Unless you know, no, 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 you mentioned celebrity Jeopardy. <gasps> Oh my God! But what did that mean? Somebody Will might Ferrell have done, would be the one to die. Somebody might yeah. have did a suck at Trebek comment. Oh, that did that happen? Yeah. Oh no! Oh, All right, guys, let's not talk about anybody famous. Okay, no one famous. Or only famous people that have already passed away. Okay, okay. Is that our new rule? I know, but I mean, <laughs> we'll the try. Panel, the panel so, what you guys think of Dave Filoni's cameo in Mandalorian? Huh? <laughs> you son of a god! You stop it! Stop it, you! <laughs> They already they already released uh, a Funko Pop of Baby Yoda eating the Frog Lady's. Legs. I'm sorry, was I the only one who thought that was kind of a jerk move? Like he's a t- like, toddler, but yes. Yeah, but they were like the the woman's selling it like these are my last fertile uh, fur like. <laughs> They're not no. like they're not fertilized yet, but she, they're the last eggs that she can lay. Yeah, well, I wanted to kick she, Baby Yoda. Why? Eating the last of their kind. He's hungry. And he did he didn't listen. 
So what? I mean, it made me mad. Like, buy a baby Yoda chia pet. So you think, chia pet. See, he's, he's this is the first time I really thought about this. So you think this he's is, going to the dark wait, wait, side? This, this is the first thing I thought about this. Okay. So baby Yoda's 50, right? Uh-huh. 50 years old. Yeah. Yoda was 900 when he died. Yeah. So if we do the math, baby Yoda's like five years old. If my five-year-old was eating fetuses, <laughs> I'd get mad. Well, but if, what if that's what you normally fed your five-year-old? It's not his fault. Remember that frog it sucked down? And I don't. Case, I don't. Why I don't, I don't go, talking? It's not like I have the chicken in my in my kitchen, and we're going on adventures. And when it lays an egg, I feed it to my five year old. No, that's not what happens. So, Will you're ready? You're chicken. ready to lay an egg right now. You need to chill. Baby Yoda was hungry. Matt, baby Yoda was hungry. Greg, do you agree I, with me on this? I mean, I eat egg yolks so whatever like i like chicken hey there's an egg yolk around i'm gonna eat it i'll eat it in front wait, of the chicken wait, after wait, they lay you, the egg do you do you pour out the egg white and then just fry no i eat the whole yolk. thing but okay i'll eat the whole thing but no, no no i go on that reverse diet i just eat the yolk just want the fat <laughs> what, I, what i'm saying is the chicken doesn't come into your kitchen and go these are my last eggs that can possibly be right. fertilized right because the like, chicken can't talk but I can't understand cool. the frog lady. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, baby Yoda, don't do that. And then he, he proceeds to open the thing back up. And why can't he talk I mean, yet? He's now, five. Is now, he, wait a minute. Maybe he's got a handicap. Can we just put this? That's up? not a good argument. Well, the doctor from but, Predator versus Superman would have fixed that real good. <laughs> Will, how many times do you tell your children, don't do that, and then they do it anyway? When they're five, they listen. I don't believe you. <laughs> Not like all the time, but if I say, hey, don't eat that because X, Y, Z. You know what? Maybe you you're right. Mean, okay. You know, I'm wrong. You're right. I get it. I'm what do you wrong. want Mando to do? Take I don't know. Because right now I just realized I found a Reese's peanut butter cup wrapper in my living room. And I told her not to eat that Reese's peanut butter cup, but somebody ate it. It was one of the three. And it was the, it was the last of its kind. You know what, though? We, got, we got a lot of them. You know what, still, though? It could be the Mando's fault because, I mean, I remember being five years old and being told if I ate watermelon seeds that they, I grow a watermelon inside of me. And mm-hmm. I stopped doing it. So maybe the Mando. Maybe so he should have told them an egg would have grown inside of him. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> he, frog? he talks Tuscan. I'm sure he can talk to this baby Yoda. Yeah. You know, if you, if you eat those... this egg, you will become pregnant. Maybe so it's a future plot point. Those eggs okay. were like the size of his fist. And I want to say he whooped down, what, six, seven of them? Yeah. 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 Can you imagine the dump that baby took? <laughs> Is he wearing diapers? He's saving them. And then I, I have to show. I think Baby Yoda just like walks and just drops a deuce here and there, just like a, <laughs> because if you notice like that a thing, horse. Is, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a dress. Sure I have these yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have and Yoda these. wore the same thing. Yoda probably did the same thing. <laughs> exactly. Who and walk I do? <laughs> He's got no time to go to the bathroom. He's no. a Jedi master. A Jedi. A, yeah. If he lets it lay where it lies. That's right, dude. And honestly, the Force is strong with that poop. I, I, bet like at, I bet at the Jedi Council they had like one of those droids follow him with a little <laughs> scooper. His, his chair is the toilet. When he's sitting in the Jedi Council in that chair, that chair has a toilet cut out in it. He doesn't oh, have to go in. It's, it's actually kinda like the Jedi Council chambers is actually the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting there taking dumps spread, while, while Qui Gon's pleading with them to let him train Anakin. We're all just taking a dump. It's, I'm never going to be able to watch that scene the same way ever again. That's all they do. That's oh, when whenever he goes. Mm, that's what he's really doing is just grunting. <laughs> Great relations we have with the Wookiees. We do. 
Fear leads to anger. <laughs> anger leads <laughs> to hate. Hate leads to suffering. <laughs> suffering, I am. <laughs> All right, who's getting this? This I'm gonna hear I'm, about the Green Lanterns and I'm gonna Sanders. kick it off because I'm, I'm gonna kick it. You go and yeah, yeah I'm gonna review and this. run today because I'm on vacation technically still. It's my last night here, so I'm gonna review and run. Where are uh, you? I'm in Texas. 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 Mm. I've had some all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, hey, Matt. What am I? Oh, <laughs> Stupid. I'm Texas. <laughs> What's the What's difference? The difference? <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I, remind me later. Uh, I covered Green Lantern Colonel Sanders, as I said. So it kicks off with a plane crashing down in Ferris Air, and everyone's running around around it, seeing what's happening, uh, and you just see someone yell, mm, "It's the Colonel!" And he comes walking out of the explosion for Matt there. Oh, that's pretty cool. Like a, a bucket? A space bucket of chicken. Oh, that's good. He goes, like, let everyone know the, the capsule passenger is okay. And just starts handing chicken sandwiches to people. <laughs> and he's specifically <laughs> looking for Hal Jordan um, because he needs the Green Lantern's help because he's realized after fighting the um, colonels of other earths, the evil colonels that um, he wants to get chicken sandwiches to everyone all over the world. (laughs) This is real. All over the multiverse, rather. So he uses the Green Lantern. So we've got Kilowog, Kyle Rayner, Jon Stewart, Guy Garner, throwing chicken sandwiches through warp gates to get them all over the universe. And the Guardians are watching, and it's called Operation Zinger. Wow, this product placement is really making me hungry. But everyone, <laughs> so chipped on planet uh, Vlen, we've got Green Lantern Stell on planet Grenda. They're all receiving these capsules full of chicken sandwiches empty, and they can't figure out why. And um, <laughs> Colonel Sanders says it's a no good thieve environment and it cuts over and we see an orange lantern ring pulling a chicken sandwich out of the capsule and eating it um, so Green Lantern wants to help the Colonel take this guy down so he makes him a Green Lantern ring and starts to give it to Colonel he says but I'll do it my own way and creates the KFC Green Lantern <laughs> And it is a bucket of chicken shaped like a Green Lantern ring. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. This is already the greatest comic uh, book ever. <laughs> they fly in and Adam Strange is, his comment is, I've seen amazing things out here, but I've never expected to see Colonel Sanders. Like Colonel Sanders is this huge thing in the DC universe. Well, he uh, should be. He's yeah. the father of it all. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think feeds the and Justice this- League when they sit at that table? <laughs> it, it, it sure, it sure as hell ain't Chick Fil A. 
They're all just eating 20 beast dinners themselves. There's a bucket every five feet at the Justice League table. That's a long <laughs> table. So they come and they fly Catering out. Catering my KFC. <laughs> I guarantee they always ask Superman to heat up the biscuits. Ooh. I mean, they get cold if you leave them out. You got to reheat them. You got to eat those first. <laughs> but now when you got Superman, <laughs> he's you want them. I bet he's great at preserving the leftovers as well. He's got freeze breath. So, so anyway. Sorry, Matt. Greg. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> they come across Larfreeze who uh Larfreeze who has taken all of the chicken sandwiches, the zingers for himself. Oh. Mm-mm-mm. And Colonel Sanders and Green Lantern begin to fight him. And he first he creates a fist to hit him. But then Colonel Sanders creates construct spoons and forks to fight off the orange constructs and ultimately hits him with a club shaped like a drumstick. Has he used the spork, though? KFC there was, was always no spork, very which... good about giving out sporks. Yeah. No, let's not, let's not be biased here. Taco Bell was also one yes. of the sporkage. Taco Bell had sporks. But I don't remember that. Yeah, same <laughs> company. Same company. Yeah, that's right. So go to those Taco Bell KFC you know, combos. Yeah, that is true. They yeah. did have yeah. the Fiesta potatoes, and I did eat them with the sporks. Yep. Oh, okay, right. okay, yep. okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like a good spork. Now, can I ask, do any villains in this comic do the dastardly, evil, reprehensible act of taking said KFC chicken and just eating the skins off of every chicken? <laughs> <laughs> Not in this one. <laughs> Not in this issue, but maybe the sequel. <laughs> Eric Cartman. This is the second of three. Of. It's the Atkins diet. <laughs> when I was little, I used to open up a bag of Doritos and lick all the seasoning off and put the chips back in the bag. You're a monster. Yeah. You're, they just became tortilla chips. <laughs> I swear to God, if I come in here and all my hot pockets in the freezer are licked, I. Oh no! They, he just sucks the insides out of them and leaves the pocket. No, he opens. He opens up the wrapper. He licks them and then leaves. Put those back in the freezer for free. And it gets oh, the freezer burn. Man, I'm not making TikTok videos in here <laughs> licking your fucking food. All right. I don't want to anyway, know what he does to your the hot pocket. The- <laughs> licking my kid cuisine, I'll kill you. Oh, it's always <laughs> so cold on the inside. <laughs> anyway, the rest of the comic. Uh, I just gotta Colonel get back Sanders to Texas. And, and these <laughs> are are fighting, and Hal goes, "Larfries, you can't kill him. He's the he's the um, source of all the zingers." So, Colonel Sanders defeats him with the greatest power of all time, franchising, and uses the ring <laughs> to create his own KFC right on the planet for Larfries, so oh. that he can always have zingers whenever he wants and but he just has to run it and keep up to the standards and train everybody the way colonel has made it and gives him a contract and that's where the comic ends wow mm-hmm. like there's a part three i do i there's enjoy it as well because i want to see how i want to see how, how this uh, uh he trains the subordinates i hope he trains them to just get copious amounts of acne and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the pimply teen from the Simpsons is just training a bunch of that. <laughs> the gangrene team. Yes. 
That's that sounds about right. I just love I love the product placement. I love the the unapologetic just I don't know. I capitalism. It, oh, for sure. Greg, for when sure. did this come out? 2017. So these are fairly new. So this is when like the colonel's been like like Sean Michaels was the colonel at one yeah, point. Dolph 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 Ziggler. Ziggler. Yeah. They were really trying yeah. to go out of their box Rick with Blair. the marketing. I see what you did there. I see out of the box. Out of the box. I mean, <laughs> would you like remember when Burger King, the Burger King was coming out with his own video games? What, what would you for like back in the day for Xbox if you oh, yeah. paid like fifteen dollars? Like the the King sneak and yeah, all that. Sneak King. What, what would you put that? Would you comp- how would you compare those? What you put this? I don't know if you played them or not, but but as I, far I, as marketing, I miss. I, I played miss, the Noid. Dude, I miss like fast food restaurants <laughs> having a a. Uh, unapologetic spokesman like the fact that like like that like no one has it because it's not cool it's not hip the hipsters don't like a king sneaking on them when they're eating their whopper or a creepy ass clown with a chicken woman and a gelatinous purple blob coming in and watching and, and playing with their kids what's wrong with this new generation it's disgusting if you ask me it makes me miss the McKids game too. Also, yeah. Wendy's Wendy's has two Wendy's. They have like one that's a total babe, and then you got like the realistic one. I tell you, they're not as good as Dave Thomas. Dave no. Thomas was a sexy man. No, uh, Dave. Uh, Dave. He was- sold chili with just a, a raise of his eyebrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's my comic. I'm actually going to bounce back to vacation. I did want to show this to Micah. There's yeah? a young Hellboy. Jesus, There's I got to turn my laptop around again. Turn it. Turn it. it. Micah wants to see it. There's, yeah. there's, I want to see it, too. It was facing Micah, wasn't it? The no, young Hellboy comic? not anymore. No. What is this? The release of comic when of Hellboy become, as a kid. When does it become Hellman? Never. Yo, you'll know, Will. <laughs> you'll know. Anyway, but yeah, so that's Greg, that's everything. Greg, that's I have. awesome. I'm gonna bounce. Thanks for having me. Well, this is my show. Before you leave, <laughs> before you hey, before you leave, you have to appoint someone with the send off saying who's gonna do it. Oh, I don't feel safe giving anyone that power. <laughs> you got to give it to somebody. What are we gonna Just do? Just say you don't want me or Will to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's I, all. No, you I say. want Will to do it. All right, I want I Will to do it. <laughs> I got it. Wow. <laughs> I remember it by heart. We've been boxed out, Micah. We're just, yeah. we're just, we're just afterthoughts. Yeah. We're... Go ahead. Play favorites. <laughs> play favorites, Greg. Great. Bye. Go I back will. to Texas. Yeah. You could pay for my therapy. Gotta go. Square dance. Hey, square dance is fun. I love Alaman right now. Alaman left. I love bowing to my partner and bowing to my corner. I like where I love jeans. promenading around and around and around. He's gone. Is Doesn't he, matter. He he just, is he gone? He just, he's just gone. He's I can take gone. my pants he's off gone. now. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Well, All right. Still, who's going? We're next? still recording. You know what? Well, you got to sit at closing. We'll uh, we'll 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 stop. I'll go. I'll okay. go next. Okay. You guys are way more entertaining than I am, anyways. That's not true. It's very true. Um, That's impossible. <laughs> I almost went that route too. Right. I was so close. Uh, so the the crossover that I went with, I seen this. I was like, really. It actually turned out to be really cool. I don't hate it. Joker mask. Are we talking like Jim Carrey mask or like the actual comic that would the? the I think it's movie. more so the comic. I didn't okay. see, notice Jim Carrey's character. Mannerisms. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. um, I know that the comic was a whole hell of a lot darker than the movie. Yeah. The physical mask is actually, that's really the main aspect, at least in this first book. 
Um, but it is a crossover. I'm not entirely certain when it came out, but the graphics uh, look a little 90s. Um, perhaps, let me zoom in. Oh, this is 2000, May, May of 2000. So this is the first of a, I think it's a five-part uh, five miniseries. But um, it starts off with, uh, with the, you know, the, the show the Gotham City Museum of Arts, and it's kids' night. And then kicking down the door of one of the, you know, one of the halls is the Joker, Harley Quinn, and uh, some goon guy who doesn't really get named much. You know, they're just, it's they're just being goofy. They're looking at all the masks. He's Joker's pointing and talking about some clown masks. They had frowny faces and he's very upset about it. But whatever, they're setting up bombs. They want to blow up this museum on kids night of all nights. And uh, we get to see some lovely, the lovely romance between. Uh, Joker and Harley Quinn, you know, that I think of every time couples dress up as them and for Halloween. Is he, is uh, he beating her? Oh, he's pointing at her and, and yelling at her. Shut up, Harley. He's being physically or mentally. Mental mentally. Abuse. Mental <laughs> abuse. Not physical. Could be worse. That's why sometimes. when I see couples dress up as them at Halloween, I'm like, oh, so romantic. <laughs> that you know, their relationship <laughs> isn't great. <laughs> and, and then uh, there's usually like if you go to a Halloween party, at least a couple years ago, there was at least three couples that did it. Oh, yeah. You do a shot every time you see one. Yeah, it was it was a party game. But um, anyways, Joker, he's, he's looking down. They're seeing some stuff. And this this other goon guy that they brought with them, he opens up a glass case and oh, it's the mask. It's the mask. And, and the goon guy's like, hey, look at this thing. It's look how cool it is. And, um, you know, we could take this because the cops, the alarm went off. The cops started coming. So Joker slaps the mask on this goon guy's face and he turns into the mask. Is it Bob the goon? I don't know. Oh, it should be. Bob I don't even know. It might be. A, he looks like a Robert. Bob. He looks like a Bob. A Bob. He's got like a a, a beard and like a scraggly no. skull. He's got a fedora. Mm, okay. <laughs> and a trench coat. But anyways, he puts the mask on him. And Joker's starting to realize, like, oh, look at this. He's 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 nuts. He's uh, he's out of his mind. He turns into a football player. We all know the game, the the zany, you know, kind of way that the mask is. We all seen the movie. Is he at least. suddenly smoking? <laughs> 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 Somebody stop me. <laughs> you do very good impressions. Um, anyways, what does it get me, Matt? <laughs> You're here on the panel discussion. Yes. <laughs> Internal that, joy what, and happiness. Yes. That's what it gets you. That's what brought you. It's what you brought. It's what brought you to the table. Brought me to the dance. Brought you to the dance. Uh, anyways, uh, Joker takes a selfie with his mask dude and, and helps. He convinces him to take the mask off and then. Batman arrives. Oh, oh shoot! Batman's here. Batman's here. Well, the guy who got the 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 the, the goon guy who put the mask on, he was shot while being the mask. But Joker took his mask off, so now he's dying. Uh, it got a little dark. Oh, but uh, Batman shows up and Joker puts the mask on. He gives Batman the business. This is like one of the few times where I've actually seen the bat. You know, Joker give it to give it to Batman. He beats him with some sticks and and stuff. He he beats him up pretty good. Where where Batman's climbing to his car. And then they're they're chasing him down. They're chasing him down. He's got some ray gun. Joker Joker mask has some ray gun. Whatever. They're chasing him down. And it ends with them chasing him on like a bridge. And uh, it was pretty cool. It's pretty zany. A little wild. I didn't know how it would be. I figured if you were going to do a Joker mask book, it's got to be kind of over the top. And it certainly was. Uh, you know, as far as like the joke, it's it's definitely obviously the the art style is the you know that. The, the class the one that mark ha- mark hamill voiced in the animated series that's that's kind yeah. of the way they went they what they went with but um but 
I mean, it would be it's definitely like I'm trying to think for a movie's sake how like which Joker I would compare it to, like dialed up and so. But I think Mark Hamill and and, and Jim Carrey, you know, doing like a, I mean, not that Jim Carrey's mass characters in this book, but I think it would be it would be wildly entertaining if they could somehow. You pull think it up. Joker would sanction his buffoonery? <laughs> Good old Tommy Lee Jones. But um, <laughs> but that is my book. That is my weird crossover. It's not bad. It's 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 it, it's, int- it's intriguing. Kind of upset. I don't know what happens. There's five parts to it. So there's there's yeah. A little that's bit more. the problem with crossovers. It's never just a one and done. Right. Like it's like four or five books. Yeah. Oh, well, I, you know what? I did. It? I did do. <laughs> I did do a one part X Men Star Trek one one time. That was pretty amazing. That it was only one parter. Okay. Now that I'm thinking about it, I have one, but I'll get I'll get ridiculed because it's Ninja Turtles. Oh, I got the Ninja Turtles <laughs> X Files crossover, and it was awful. Oh, that's sad. It was, it was really bad. That's sad. And that was a one one and done. Oh. Micah, you want to go next? Or you want me to go? Ah, well, since you're doing our hot closer here, I think I'll uh, I'll I'll. Oh, uh, it's a hot and steamy closer. Oh, I do like steamy. All right. Well, speaking of steamy, this is a big steaming pile piece of crap. Uh, Segway. This is uh, 1994. Spawn and Batman had a little crossover. Now, Matt, you guys were just saying about how like, oh, it's always just like a a bunch, whatever. Yeah, it's uh, this is a one and done. And thank God, this is actually penned by Frank Miller, and the illustration is done by Todd McFarlane. Frank Miller, who I really do like i like sin city of course we all like uh D- dark knight yep return everybody loves dark knight returns um the dialogue in this is laughable now i'm gonna read a lot of it just so you guys get a feel for uh what's going on here so it starts with batman he's uh he's a little buddy he's a little battered uh whatever but he uh he beat up a bunch of punks that's the first thing Batman says, punks. And I want you to remember that. Okay? Are they frogs? No, they're just punks. Uh, so you beat all these guys up, then he opens up some crates, because always, always with Batman, there's some kind of shipment and always a bigger picture. He opens up the crates, and there are like these uh, these gloves. They're robotic, whatever. Uh, he has no idea what's going on with them. Then out of nowhere, this big giant robot shows up and attacks him and like shoots him. Should I just shoot him? He gives him a big old Mortal Kombat uppercut. Clang! Batman goes flying and he starts pounding on Batman. And Batman's all just like, "Oh my god, this thing is inhuman! I, I, I can't! I like it's not going to feel pain. I know what I'll do. I'll put on one of these sweet gloves." So he puts on one of the gloves that uh, it is it a out- Nintendo Power Glove? I, you know what, dude? That would have been a lot cooler. This was more like, uh, uh, it, it's just a, like a big giant metal glove, whatever. It's almost like Hellboy's hand if it was metal and robotic. Uh, so, anyways, all this stuff is I, I, I skipped over a little bit. All this stuff is left over from like uh, the Soviet Union. It, this is all stuff that was supposed to uh, be used in the war that didn't happen. You know, this the year is 1994. It's been like, you know, like six, five, six years since the Cold War. Uh, this stuff has been kind of laying dormant. Batman comes across like this whole shipment in uh, in Gotham. Well, anyways, he uses this glove. Chop, 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 chop. He starts pounding on this thing. And then like glass shatters and there's an eyeball inside of it. And he's just like, whoa, what is going on? Well, sorry, it's Batman. Whoa, what's going on here? Um, and, uh, this, this, this face inside starts going, <coughs> what, what? 
hey, where am I? What's going on here? I don't know where I am. What's the big deal? And Batman's just like, oh, I got to get this guy out of here. So Batman's just like, pound, a pop, 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 pounding on this thing. And finally, like, the guy's like, hey, I can't feel my legs. What's the big idea? I can't feel my arms. So Batman reaches and grabs the guy's head and starts pulling it and then realizes ah, it's just a head. There's nothing else. It's just a head attached to this ro- this big giant robot on the inside. So he rips it off, whatever. And uh, Batman's just like, holy crap, what's going on here? He takes it back to the Batcave. Alfred is all like, oh, I brought you some chamomile tea, sir. And Batman's like, no time for tea, Alfred. I gotta figure out what this thing is. Uh, I can't really find it because there's no fingerprints, but it's got teeth, so I'm gonna look up his standard because I'm Batman. And Alfred's just like, oh, sir, I do think you need some chamomile tea. I hear that it prevents nightmares. And Batman's like, I am nightmares. Uh, you know, because <laughs> so he finds out that it's in. The, uh, he's he's actually a bum. He I don't know how the bat the bat computer could tell him this that this guy's forty two years old and homeless and an alcoholic. What, but the ba- cyborg thing, yeah. So the head that was inside of the cyborg, he took back to the bat cave. And he ran a dental record yeah, thing. Dental on it. Record. That's, yeah, dental record. Yeah, yeah. But he say, found out he, he found it. out he was homeless, and then he was an alcoholic. And he's from New York City. I bet he didn't pay taxes for a while. No, he probably did. That's probably why he was homeless. Yeah. Yeah. He was running, uh, you know, his underground racketeering scam like everyone in Brooklyn does. Uh, I mean, that's a thing, right? Uh, I'm not a Brooklyn guy. It's it. it, it, Maybe. Man, I thought you were from Brooklyn. No. So so, anyways, (laughs) Batman. (laughs) Batman shows up in old NYC and he's uh. He's just kind of he's he's looking around. He's like, all right, I'm going to go into these little homeless area areas here and I'm sure to find some kind of clue because I'm fat. Because I'm Batman, I'll find a clue. I just picture this version of Batman in 1994 in this particular comic book. He reminds me so much of the do you know the bat metal? I don't. I, I you know those those bat metal videos where it's like I uh, I uh, bat Batman and all of his his like like all of his guys they're like a band and they're playing heavy metal. I haven't seen. And that, they have no. like videos to it. One where it's like the Joker dies and they resurrect him, and it's like awaken awaken take the land that must be taken. No, you don't know this. No, I haven't. I'll, I'll I'll send this to you guys afterwards. They're Please really don't. cool. But did Batman's, you just quote Metalocalypse? It, it, it <laughs> I'm pretty is, sure it, that it, it is Metalocalypse. Okay. Yeah, it's it's the songs from Metalocalypse. It's uh, uh Brandon Small does these videos. Okay, and he voices Batman and Batman. time. Yeah, yeah, and that's how I picture him. And it, it, how he sounds and he's everything. So about it's just him. Nathan Explosion is Batman. He's just a dick. Uh, and and he calls everyone punks. So, anyways, he's in this homeless uh, in this alleyway where a bunch of homeless people are. Clearly, this is before Rudolph Giuliani took all the homeless people and threw them into Jersey. Uh. So he's, he's in the alleyway and he starts hearing like a bunch of bums talking about this guy, Al. Uh, and Elf? then did you say Elf? No, no, I said Al. Uh, I'm sorry. You stuttered. I, I thought it was an alien life form. I didn't stutter. I just I got excited for an alien life form. Just no, keep going. It's, it's keep no, going. I don't Spawn might have an issue with cats. I don't know. Uh, so anyhow, boom, there's Spawn. All right. So, okay. 
so this is how we bring spawn in. There's a homeless guy sleeping in an alleyway. And these two guys come, these two ruffians that come up and they're like, do it, man. Do it, do it. And the guy's like, I'll do it, I'll do it. They pour gasoline on the homeless guy. Light a match and they're like, I can't believe this guy's still asleep. Do it, light him up. And the guy's like, I'll fucking do it. So he throws a match down. The fire uh, travels along the gas, goes around the homeless guy, and then back to the guys because Spawn was using his sweet hell magic. Uh, So Spawn really messes these guys up, kills them, burns them alive. And Batman's like, what's that? That looks like a murder. So Batman jumps off this building, comes down 30 feet, big knee, boom, right on Spawn's kidneys. And Batman, his inner dialogue is like, yeah, that should really mess him up. He'll spend six months in the hospital and he'll be ready to face the judge. Uh, But then Spawn is just like, this is my turf, Batman, back off. And Batman's all like, this is impossible. This should have like dropped him. So Batman, he's fighting Spawn. Spawn's fighting Batman. And, uh, and Batman is just like, oh, my God, I'm weighing over my head here. I can't freaking hurt this guy. <laughs> is that what he says? Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of. I'm uh, coughs in the comic. Brilliant, Sorry. brilliant. <clears throat> uh, you hear that little wheeze? I was I actually literally just texted about it. Are you all right? Ah, uh, no, man. Great, I'm... Thanks. Now, two weeks quarantine. You're yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. It's not COVID. <laughs> I have asthma and uh, I was oh, around... you're more susceptible. I... <laughs> <laughs> is it oh man i really hope my wheezing doesn't come across on the episode here uh so anyhow oh batman, we certainly talked about it all right so this fight <laughs> this fight is long and drawn off okay uh, long and drawn out just like just like my review of this comic um the whole time batman's like oh you punk you're undisciplined you you lack discipline punk uh so <laughs> So Spawn is just like, yeah, Batman's like, had it. the dialogue is great. He's like, had enough in your dreams, Batman. Do, 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 do. So Spawn gets the upper hand and Batman's all like yoked up. But Batman shot him in the face with like this gas stuff, making Spawn throw up because this gas is really strong gas. I tell you what. So Batman, he like runs away like a few blocks. He's like, I got to lick my wounds, bandage up, and then I'll go back and I'm going to mess this guy up, you know, or my name ain't Batman. Um, so anyhow, Spawn's just like, well, this guy sucks, whatever. Uh, and then what do you know? One of those big giant robot things from the Soviet Union attacks Spawn. So Spawn ends up really jacking it up and like rips like a weapon off of it, shoots it with its own weapon. And then like he sees the head inside there. Well, it's actually one of Spawn's homeless buddies that he knows. And he's just like, what happened to you? And the whole homeless head's just like, I don't know who I am. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing here. He doesn't ask him for a bottle of whiskey. You know, that's just like stereotyping homeless people in New York City. But I mean, no, I mean, alcohol is good for the gears, right? Futurama taught me that. Yeah, yeah. If you don't drink, you get drunk. Uh, so this is where Spawn kind of like finds out, like looking at like the whole robot stuff that it's actually this, uh, it's this chick who's behind all of this. Um, we'll get to her name mainly cause I can't find it right now. And I forgot it off the top of my head. Um, so Spawn finds out who it is and it's actually from, from Spawn's past when he was like a soldier. She was just, she was just bad news bears, bad news bears. Walter Matthau's in this book. Of course he is. That's why it's 
Well, it would be a lot Jack, better. Jack Lemmon's got to be. In yeah, Jack Lemmon's got <laughs> this. So Spawn is played by Jack Lemmon. Oh, I, I'd watch that. And Walter Matthau is Batman. Even better with those jowls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just chasing Dennis the Menace around. Um, so anyhow, uh, Batman's like, he's like wrapping himself up because he's all banged up. Also, he puts a patch on like his his cow, which was kind of weird. Um, he's all wrapped up, but the whole time he's just like, yeah, punk, the punk was holding back. This is so humiliating. Oh, don't tell, don't dwell on it. Patch yourself up. You'll be ready when duty calls. Uh, but he keeps calling Spawn a punk to himself. Uh, so anyhow, this bat signal comes out of nowhere and he's like, what? That's weird. This is New York City. Who has a bat signal? And it turns out it's actually that chick, the bad, the bad girl. And she's all just like, hey, we saw the rumble with Spawn. Spawn's the bad guy here. I'm hosting this event, this fundraiser. The president might be there. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I know this is hard for you guys to follow. So let me let me change it up a little bit. So like, I'm hosting this event and like the president might be there and we can't have this Spawn fella showing up and like ruining it because the guy is a killer and like we just can't have that now, can we now, Batsy? And like Batman's like, Duh, he will be stopped, doctor. He won't get anywhere near your ship. And then he says to himself again, the punk was holding back. Batman has to even the eyes. <laughs> Dialogue. Oh, dialogue. A phone call to Alfred. I like your your mix of Christian Bale, Batman, and Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. It, it, you sound like Keanu Reeves trying to be, trying trying to be Batman. Trying to be Christian Bale. <laughs> trying to be Christian Bale, Batman. It's priceless. Just keep going. All yeah, right, all right, all right. Stop. So he's like, he a phone call to Alfred, and two hours later, a package, and Batman, and Batman is ready. So we're back to <laughs> we're back to Spawn, and Spawn's hanging out with his his homeless buddies and whatever he's shooting the shit. Uh, and then out of nowhere, Batman shows up with that glove. That glove, Alfred sent it to him. Somehow it got to New York City in like a matter of hours. How far is Gotham from New York City? Well, Gotham is often referred to as like Chicago. See, I never I, knew that until like a couple of years ago. Like I always thought I always thought you like thought Gotham it, was NYC. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So Gotham is a. Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. Yeah, but he, uh, Batman eats the deep dish. I could tell by his amazing physique. Yeah. All right. So Spawn and Batman, they fight again for the second time. Batman kind of gets the upper hand a little bit, but it because of that special glove. But then it turns out it was more of like they just beat the shit out of each other so much. They're both kind of like laying there. It's like a double down. OK, uh, and like they're both like huffing and puffing. Batman's on his hands and knees. He's like, "Yeah, give it up, punk. You're finished. Just look at you. You're finished." And Spawn's all like, "Look at you. I don't do a good Spawn. <laughs> he had to be like Keith David." I'm just picturing like Spawn's like, "Oh, sure. This is America. <laughs> Come on. This is America. Look at you. You can't even get up. You're you're the one who's finished." <laughs> And Batman is like, I'll rip you into pieces, you undisciplined slob. And Spawn's all just like, catch my breath. Just catch my breath. 
and I'll break you in half, which is weird that Spawn has to like regulate his breathing because he's a demon from hell, but whatever. Um, so anyways, they're about to like, they're about to just end each other right here. And then what do you know? One of those robot things show up again and he crushes Batman's face, breaks Batman's jaw like glass and just starts pummeling Batman. Batman is to the point where he's going to die here. So Spawn is just like, well, they're killing him. Probably do something about this. <laughs> so he musters up a bunch of his hell voodoo magic and just, it just evaporates the, the, the robot monster thing. And to heal Batman, he uses his, his hell powers, goes into Batman's body, uh, like, and, and fixes whatever. And Batman, and his Spawn is in Batman's head. And Batman is like, what are you doing in my head? And Spawn's like, I got to be here. I got to fix you. And they're going back and forth. He's like, get out, you idiot. Get out, you, you twit. You got out of my head. And like Spawn's like, do you hear that? No, you don't hear anything because there's no heartbeat. You died. So technically, Batman died here. And Spawn brought him back to life, making Spawn superior to Batman. Um, and anyhow, we, uh, uh, Spawn shows everything to Bruce in his head about what's actually going on. This chick is bad. She's got all these robots from the Soviet Union, and she's just she's up to no good. So Spawn is just like, you know what we got to do, right? And Batman's like, yeah, I know what we got to do. They have to have a do boxing match with Ivan Drago and get those Soviets on their side. <laughs> and if they can change, and they can, everybody can change. That's what I hear, really. And, uh, I mean, Rocky is the reason why we never had that war. Because he won the Cold War for us. Happy birthday, Polly. Um, so, anyhow, it turns out this whole thing is on a boat. And this chick has... Uh, Wait, since when? So this whole thing, we're going to move to a boat, like a big old cruise-type yacht gimmick. The woman has her press conference there, and she's going to unveil her plan. And she makes everybody get uh, try this punch. And the punch has... Don't You never drink a punch at a party. That's how this, the cultists get you down. Well, you come to my place, you know what's in the punch, you drink it, right? You're going to have a good time. That's what these people thought. Oh, they got duped. So anyways, a bunch of senators, whatnots and what have you, very important people are at this yacht and they're drinking this punch. It turns out it's that like uh, in, in influencing mind some substance thing, whatever. And she starts doing the whole like, I've fed the homeless for years. I've done this, that. We got to make the world a better place. But I found out what the real monster is. And it's people. People are disgusting. They're filthy people. And there's way too fucking many of them. And I'm sorry for swearing. She's um, not wrong. No, there's too many people. We, we, we go, I'm going to use all these robots to destroy all, uh, pretty much all the people. You know what? Her plot is, her, her whole thing is kind of, I, I, I don't know. She never says, like, I'm going to kill a percentage of people, whatever. She's like, I'm just going to start killing. Uh, so Spawn and Batman show up. They just, they ruined the day by be this part's freaking weird. Uh, Cause it happens so fast. They just kind of like blow them all up. The chick has like a last resort where she launches a nuke into New York city. She ends up dying. Batman and Spawn teleport to the nuke. Batman disables the nuke. It drops into the water. And then Spawn and Batman, they have a little bit of dialogue back and forth where it's just like, well, I don't like the way you kill people. And Spawn's like, well, dude, I do what I do. All right. And then like 
uh, Spawn's like, look, man, we just saved the city, probably the world. Can we just bury the hatchet? And Batman goes, bury this, and throws a battering right at Spawn's face, and it just right between the eyes, and then the end. Mm. That's what. Oh wow, like. that is sick. That's that art is fantastic. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's 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 cool and all, but the dialogue in this is atrocious. I felt like, and now I read this. The last time I read this was actually in 1994. Okay, so I you was thought ten, it was the coolest thing. I ever. thought it was so cool, and I was actually kind of. I know I was joking about like crummy crossovers, like going back and revisiting this. I was kind of excited to read it, and I'm just like, whoa. Are you glad dude. that you were disappointed? <laughs> For, in, in, the, in the honor of this theme? The honor thing. of crummy crossovers, yes, I am I'm happy that I'm disappointed, but at the same time, I'm just like, how is this allowed, right. this dialogue? Because you're a mega Spawn. You were, I mean, growing up, you were a mega Spawn Growing fan up, of, I was yeah. a huge Spawn fan, yeah. then realized, oh, wow, this is stupid. I feel like in the 90s, a lot of the, like, the comics were so overproduced in the 90s. That it didn't matter. Yeah. No, dude. Clearly, it didn't. Yeah. They just at that time it was that violence. was like the boom of comics too. Yes, violence was the well, key. Actually, yeah. I mean, maybe overproduction because the end of the nineties weren't very good towards comic books. Yeah, like, so like the, Marvel the, and DC. The death of Superman was like the the like it was it was like a huge sale, yeah. but it like ultimately killed comics in the nineties. It it, it, what, I mean, uh, it did. that was also ninety four, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, ninety three or ninety four. Yeah, yeah, after that you get you get a lot less memorable storylines. You get some cool art, but I, th- I yeah. feel like late yeah. mid to late nineties comic. It was books around are not the the the, the stress the stories. Yes, yeah. yeah. It was around that time in like ninety three ninety four where Spawn was at its peak, and I felt like everyone kind of followed suit where they were just like, let's make our comic books ultra violent. Yeah. So they're like, how do we do that? Well, we got to kill the Boy Scout Superman, and while we're at it. Why don't we uh, let's not kill Batman because he isn't an alien like we have to keep him around. Let's break his back. Yeah. 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 And then replace him with a Batman that kills people. Yeah. Asriel. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it was a, the 90s, the mid 90s like this were weird, man. Uh, but this uh, this atrocious dialogue, it's just it should never have been printed. Back then, everything got through. <sighs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I, you can look at it nowadays today, too. And it's I. There's there's a lot of printing that goes on, yeah. a lot of unnecessary comic books yep. that get new releases. Yep. So it's it's weird. I mean, it's nice when the gems stick out and the gems get a lot of uh, a lot of mainstream notice. love. Yes, yes. So, so. Um, I find it funny that mine is also Batman related. Oh, so well, what do you like, know? It's like Batman is probably like I mean he's definitely DC's go to. So the amount of crossovers he gets. Oh, I mean, everybody is, wants is to huge. do a crossover with Batman. Look at the cartoons back in the, the 60s and 70s. Scooby-Doo so, and, and, and Batman. And- speaking, my Batman isn't just any Batman. It's the zaniest, most batusiest Batman there is. <laughs> Does he talk like this? Mine is uh, Batman 66 meets Archie. This is number one of a oh. five-issue arc. Um, and the, 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 the nice thing about this is like... Um, it starts with Poison Ivy, and I don't remember Poison Ivy in the 66 show. No. But she's done very similar to the animated series. Okay. And they gave her a southern drawl by the read. So it starts with tourists from everywhere have come to Gotham Midway Park for the 1966, just in case you're unaware of when this takes place, <laughs> World's Science Fair, including one of the vine-vamping villainesses. 
So Poison Ivy's at this fair. She's got this like dragon that's made out of a, a it's a winged snapdragon. Uh, and and she's and why didn't y'all invite little Miss Ivy to the world's greatest and most bodacious boat partners to this here fair? She's from Texas. Oh, don't tell me the press wouldn't be wild with my latest triumph, the winged snapdragon. Oh, like and this dragon kidding. is going crazy people are flocking they're trying to get the hell away from this thing (laughs) up pulls the batmobile now looky here my biggest fan come out to see me (laughs) (laughs) holy Uh. horticulture horrors batman says burt ward i mean robin (laughs) and batman's when you escaped you know i knew you'd come out and i knew this fair you couldn't stay away from it and uh, and Poison Ivy, she's kind of laying it on. Oh, my, you really are the only man to ever get me. Uh, sugar, why don't y'all feed the baby wonder to my dragon? Let's run off and get hitched already. Batman's, nope, that's not acceptable, Robin. <laughs> fire the bat beam. <laughs> Robin, bat beam on. And he was, why do they always trying to kill me? It could be because of his speedos. He doesn't know. Oh, how dare you burn my dragon? I didn't want to get have to get all rough, but you pushed me. A sprouts I need backup, and she's surrounded by these cabbage patch dolls, and they <laughs> spring to life, but they're not cabbage patch dolls, they're cabbage patch men. <laughs> oh. And and she goes, and I'll take them down with my salad shooter. And she's shooting jalapeno peppers at Batman. Out of what? It's her Snapdragon? No, she's got like a, she's got like a cannon. Like a, a bazooka, but it's shooting out some jalapenos. Yeah, Ivy's got some cannons. Oh, she, yeah, she looks pretty good, you know? Yeah. Nice buxom redhead. Nice Snapdragon. So Robin's like, we're outnumbered here by nature. Outnumbered by nature. I get it. So Batman, he doesn't know what to do. He's all confused. And all of a sudden, we see Shadow in the background. And he says, an even better distraction than I had ever hoped for. Hot diggity, it's the bookworm <laughs> and his mistress footnote. And he's going to the future is here, the electronic book. And he's in there to steal pretty much a, a Kindle, but it only holds 20 books. But this is 1966. That's a pretty damn big deal. That's 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 something serious. It's like needs, alien technology in oh, 66. Oh, yeah, he needs this book for his collection. But they said, no, 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 this book's not for sale. He says, I'm not going to buy it. And he just opens up a book and psh, some knockout gas. So he's leaving. And then as he's trying to leave, all of a sudden, Batgirl pulls up in her bat cycle. And she can see Bookworm in the rearview mirror. So she knows that Bookworm's up to no good. So she pulls up to save Batman first. And she hands Batman. What do you think she's going to hand him? Take out these Cabbage Patch men. <laughs> A snapdragon. She's going to send him some weed killer. So she's st- <laughs> Batman starts spraying these guys with weed killer. And the best thing is he goes, it's weed killer. And the one guy goes, I feel weak in the leaves. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. So Batwoman, she hits Poison Ivy because it's the 60s, so a man can't hit a woman uh, uh, in public. <laughs> uh, behind closed doors, it's fine. But on TV and in comics, no. Nice, nice open hand <laughs> smacks of the mouth. 
So Batman's <laughs> got poison ivy, just ties her up. Okay, she's subdued. But then they realize that poison ivy was just there as an elaborate ruse. The bookworm, he gave poison ivy the keys to get out of Gotham City or Gotham Arkham Arkham Asylum. So she could be a distraction. So bookworm could get that sweet Kindle. <laughs> so he drives off and we cut, we see a, a girl on the radio. Thanks to Batman and his heroic partners, Poison Ivy is once again safely in custody. And then we cut to that same radio, a radio playing that same message. Meanwhile, in the blissful burg of Riverdale, we find a certain red-headed teenager at work in his garage. And there we see Archie and Jughead, and Archie's working on his car, and he's turning it into the Batmobile for some kind of parade. Sounds like they're going to be Batman for their parade. So yeah. they're, they're working on that. And yeah, Jughead's <laughs> talking about how his mom's working on the costumes. But dang it, that dang bell for school's ringing. And they're running to get to school on time. <laughs> and then we see another radio. Science fans had a real treat seeing their city's heroes in action here. And once again, Gotham City is protected from the colorful maniacs who would mock their laws. And then we see the butt end of an umbrella. Then we see the Riddler and the Joker playing Rock'em Sock'em Robots. She's powerful enough, yet in cuffs. This is my favorite line of the comic from the Joker. <laughs> She's a trap. I could have stayed at large for at least three days. <laughs> What's he talking about? Then we see uh, Catwoman. She's there. Some cat puns. You know, yeah, cat puns. Concerning the fellow friend. <laughs> <laughs> that we've been going on about this all wrong. Batman can blow his tongue. Thinking about how to defend Gotham City. <laughs> 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 we waste our time trying to put the treasures of Gotham. Only three just finished But there's another city with no defenses and no will to play. Come on, Rock. Get him, Rock. <laughs> oh, sorry. Wrong Bridges Meredith. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Riverdale. Is it some kind of dale by the river? And then Riddler, he's like, he's all game for it. And uh, Catwoman, she says, she's personally interested, Penguin. Where do we start? Man, it's already begun. <laughs> that's not even, that's not even the Penguin anymore. You turned into Mick. <laughs> man, man, man. Man, I recruited another felonious female. <laughs> <laughs> with all the red abilities for the chance. Wah, wah, wah. My God, Burgess is rolling in his grave. <laughs> this isn't even funny. <laughs> we cut back and we want to know who was these vile villains leading a grand Gotham for good. We want to know who it is. And we cut and we see Veronica. And she's there and she's talking to her, her daddykins. But Daddykins, he seems to be under some kind of hypnotic spell where he really doesn't care what women are saying. It could be how the 60s were in general, but we're not sure. (laughs) 
So he's agreed to take his wife on a shopping spree. And Veronica's like, that doesn't sound like my dad. My dad wouldn't take my mom on a shopping spree. That seems irregular. And she's asking if Daddykins has been okay. And all of a sudden, Daddykins snaps out of me. He goes, no, I'm not taking your mother on a shopping spree. I don't have time for this nonsense. And he goes off and he's going to work because that's what men did in the 60s. And, uh, <laughs> and Veronica goes, that's unusual. I don't know, but I'm going to high school. Susie goes to high school and we cut back. We got Archie and we got Betty and Jughead and they're trying to get Jughead ready for his test, but he's thinking about food. So uh, he's talking about, yeah, he wants French fries or pancakes. They're trying to ask him questions about history. He's getting them all wrong. <laughs> So Ronnie, she shows up and she's concerned about how her daddy's been acting and uh, they can't care less because they got to get Jughead fed and ready for his exam. So, you know, Veronica, she goes to the police department and she finds it odd that the, the, the police chief, he's kind of acting the same way. He's listening to her, but he's really not. He's just kind of repeating and acting in a trance. So she goes, this whole town going crazy. I don't know what's going on. So she goes back to school and she goes, I, I just know something is going on. First daddy, then the police chief. There has to be someone who will listen to me and and lend a hand. And she goes to the nerdiest kid in school. Well, hi there, Dylan. Do you have a new invention? Uh, you know, I've been, I've been hearing that Sheila's been looking for a date for the weekend's festival parade. If only I knew someone else who needed a date, because clearly the nerd doesn't have a date. And she's a hot <laughs> girl, so she's going to totally manipulate this poor sap. I remember those days. Well, well, I, I suppose that possibly I could, I could, I could be uh, her date. I mean, if someone would, uh, maybe I could be Adam Sandler and I could be willing to put in a good word. Maybe you, it, well, it's settled. I'm going to need a teensy favor from you. For, of course, she's going to use this sap. So he takes her to her se- his secret lab that he has a school for some reason. He's got all these computers. It's kind of weird because there's like a dark panel. And uh, this just went 60s to 80s. Well, with you know, this with this like still a little like subplot here. Yeah, a little bit. It could, yeah. you know. But uh, this is a dark panel, and he's like, well, yeah, if the chief is, is Kalajak, is strange, too, and you can't rely on the police, that means we'll need to stay out of sight assistance. And and she's like, Dylan, where are you taking me? You need help. Well, maybe I can help you, too. And it's just dark. But then, bam, computer room. So he's got this transistor radio, and, uh, you know, Veronica, she gets on there, and she's calling out to anybody that can help. So on this weird frequency, and she somehow reached the Batcave. And Batman, young citizen, you've managed to do something only Gotham's police and commissioner and the president have ever done. Because they have hotline this secret lab, you have reached the Batcave. Batman speaking, how can I be of service? So we got Batman, Robin, we got uh, Bat Batgirl, and more importantly, Alfred's there with his feather duster. That is business. Alfred's there with that feather duster <laughs> and it's to be continued. That's part one of five, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was just Will, that's kind of all over the place. I'm happy that Bridges Meredith was in it so I could do my penguin voice. That, that was really <laughs> you do very I, good. It Honestly, it is Burgess. And then it just, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say this. If you don't do our closer in the, in, in the, in the, that voice, I once hooked up with a girl to make my costume head to move. She said that she won't make the superhero suit with the cut with the cape. So that's why some superheroes don't have capes. They have podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>
get in here. We got to call this thing. Tighten up. Come here. All right, guys. Here's the situation. Two minutes left. Zero timeouts. Down by a touchdown. We got to drive 75 yards. All right. We can do this thing. I believe in each and every one of you. But real quick. Did you guys know that the Two Point Conversation podcast runs five days a week, Monday through Friday, with various co-hosts and different themes every day? And then you can listen to them on BICBP-radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify? So what's the play? Just, all right, just, come on, hurry up. Get to the line and just run, and I will get it to somebody, all right? Come on, on three. Ready, set. Mother f- Delay of game. Offense.